my favorite word in the entire Narctionary book, 350 words in terms, is, drumroll please, poop in your soup. And I had to learn this word, and it came into my, my, my journey of healing when, as I said earlier in the program, that I have this uh, awful gift of being able to tolerate the intolerable. And I was along my journey, again, reaching painful points of not living in the crazy, painful narcissism that I was living in, but I was I was tolerating low grades of narcissism that were starting to grate on me and disrupt my life. And I remember one day saying to the person that I worked with on my recovery, uh, well, you know, it's not that they're having full out abusive episodes. They're just having, um, you know, adult temper, mini adult temper tantrums. And, you know, it's not that they're not being direct, like gaslighting. They're just avoiding. And so I was making all these excuses. And this amazing person said to me, you know what, Tracy? tolerating a little bit of narcissistic abuse is like having poop in your soup. And no matter how small of a drop poop in your soup is never okay. So do you ever envy those so-called hashtag couples goals? Well, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you get butterflies every time you see them. You lust them. You're infatuated with them. You want to be with them all the time, like best friends. Do you want that to last forever? Together, let's discover what it takes to say a massive yes to all the above. Through our topical discussions, our world-renowned guests that will help guide the way to a happier, sexier, and fun-loving relationship. We're not doctors or therapists. We are just two normal individuals who have had many ups and downs in our 23-year relationship. And counting. We've amassed our own wisdom over the years, but we're still learning, just like you. Nina and I believe you can have it all and still live your best lives, as long as you're willingly and consistently discover each other in new ways. And that right there is what the show is all about. We're Nina. And Roger. And this, this is The, the Real show. show. Yeah, baby. Well, another week, another week, and of course, I say it every time, but my name is Roger, and I'm here with my unbelievably beautiful wife, Nina, and we are the Head Over Heels Show. We are, baby, we are. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, I gotta everyone. say, I gotta say thank you for a spectacular Father's Day, just doing the norm, going out to dinner and all that stuff, hanging out with my kids. So It's funny, somebody asked me, you know, how was your Father's Day, and I said, uh, you know, we did that. We hung out with the kids and we did some stuff. We went out to dinner. It's pretty much like a, a regular Sunday for us because we're always hanging out with the kids. We always end up doing either dinner at home or dinner out, that kind of stuff. So it was uh, good to know that Father's Day happens almost every week for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I'm so glad that you had fun. Yeah. I'm so glad you got what you needed and yeah. you had fun. Yeah, that's a good time. But I got to say, the difference that you get, the gifts that you get from your kids when they're, you know, kids, toddlers or young kids, and when they're teenagers, changes a hell of a lot. I mean, I used to get socks, I used to get ties, I used to get, you know, cards or, or you know, random little cute stuff for my kids. This time I got something cute, but it was a, it was a coffee mug. Mm. It was a coffee mug, and it read, 
from my kids, there was pictures of what looks like semen. The sperm. Sperm. And yeah, egg. With their, with their names underneath, Anjali and Tristan. And it, the caption says, we used to live in your balls. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll post a picture of this on our Head Over Heels show uh, Instagram if you want to take a look at it. But it was pretty funny and uh, got a giggle. And uh, it that was it. definitely made my day seeing that look on your face. <laughs> like, oh my God, cute, but inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> inappropriate but cute. Which it is, is what it is. Which is my new um, threshold for gifts. Inappropriate but cute. But that's been your threshold for your whole life, for everything. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So we have a special guest on our show today. We haven't had one in a little while, but... Yes, we do, we do, we do. Uh, we're going to have a lot more of these guests coming, upcoming, um, hopefully. Today, we have the great Dr. Tracy Kimball. Dr. Tracy is a PhD, and she is an author of many books, but she is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and women's empowerment expert with over 30 years' experience in teaching life transformation. Now, Dr. Tracy has written five books, and she is, you know, a great author and, and known in the industry. She's known for her self-love recovery coach. She coins the phrase, self-love is non-negotiable, is her life motto, and she believes self-love is a primary foundation one needs to build a successful, safe, and prosperous life. She is a women's empowerment influencer with a global footprint at 59 years of age, she brings years of wisdom to recovery. And she looks spectacular for 59. She looks gorgeous. And in contemporary test down to earth manner, she currently resides in Newport Beach, California, and Greece with her husband of 30 years. Isn't that beautiful? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, she's here. She's going to blow your mind, actually, with a lot, of, a lot of new learning that we got from her. Well, we were talking about, throughout the whole thing, we were talking about narcissists. And how to how to deal with narcissists? How to deal with them after you've left them? She actually wrote a book called Narctionary, everything to do with the narcissistic behavior, with with what it, how to use the different phrases to mm. to um, points on some something that narcissistic. So she's full of knowledge on yeah. the subject. It was a great it was a great subject. We haven't talked about it any of this, and and it was kind of funny because somebody had messaged us just before this said that they, they just split up with their husband who was a narcissist. How do I deal with that? And I was like, holy crap, we legit just did an episode with somebody that is obviously launching today. And here she is today talking to us all about it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, we had a little bit of, um, I guess, internet connection issues. So, I mean, we lost her a couple times, got her back. So hopefully you won't notice it too, too much in the episode. But if you, uh, if you do see something kind of get cut off that's what it it was we could just kept on losing each other well let's 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 not lose each other now let's start this conversation <laughs> without further ado everyone welcome dr tracy kimball yeah well welcome to the show tracy we're Thanks. so happy to have you here i'm really happy to be here and you're such a beautiful couple thank you so much you're beautiful <laughs> yourself and you guys have to listen you have to hear wait till the end of the show because you're going to reveal how old this gorgeous woman is <laughs> <laughs> if she wants to. If she wants to. But um, why don't we start with who you are and what you do so you have a, we have a bit of context to, to our, our listeners. Okay, great. So my name is Dr. Tracy Campbell, and um, I'm right now I'm, I'm in California. 
and which means I'm American. And um, I have been in the transformation and empowerment world for over 30 years. I specialize in um, abuse recovery. That was my first heart and passion to recover from that because um, as as a thinker, as as a, a recovery expert, you know, I was the first one in my own petri dish, and so all of my recovery is focused around what I personally have experienced and overcome in my life. And so it started out as the abuse recovery, which is uh, along the lines of my first book, narcissist, latest book, which is specializing in narcissistic abuse recovery. Um, all the way to today that I run the Feminine Boss Academy. And this is a, an, a learning platform where we teach women how to become the boss of their bee and their business. But we can't do any of that if we have a traumatized soul, you know, and, and so many, so many women, they're like, I want this and I want that in life. And the thing is, is that you can have all the hopes and dreams, but if your inside is mush because of trauma, you you don't have a strong foundation to build upon. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I believe that wholeheartedly because I get a lot of questions from women who are, you know, abused or in abusive relationships or, or have done, I've gone through the narcissistic relationships and I don't have any answers for these women that are seeking my help because I've been in a great relationship for 26 years and my family, like I've never seen that. So having you on the show, having your expertise is a huge value for our listeners today. So I really, really appreciate that. And just, just to shed a little bit of light on it, on some of these women and what they could do, because as a woman, I believe you can do everything. But like you said, when you're, when you have that trauma, you're paralyzed. You, you don't have any outs, you know? So I'm, I'm loving the fact that you're here today and just shedding some lights on the situation. Yeah. You know what, you know, how I describe it is when we, you know, how many of us, so we say, Oh my gosh, I want this dream. And I have these hopes and I have, this, and we, we set all these goals and and I'm I'm very much of an infrastructure person, and and if our infrastructure isn't in place, what happens? It's like going through life with our foot on the gas and the brake at the same time, and we can become exhausted. Like I'm trying so hard, I'm trying so hard, I'm trying so hard, I'm not getting anywhere, and it's because of everything that's running in the background here. If you're away from it, mm-hmm. or or here, or you know, and third is here, you know, because you can remove this, but if you don't remove this and this then you're going to just continue gas break, gas break and go and get nowhere, but be exhausted. Now, how do you, how do you help these women that, that are in these abusive relationships? What is it that you do to get them out of this? I want to hear more of that juicy detail. Yeah. Oh, thank you for <laughs> asking how, how do they get into it? Like I, as a, as a man, I, 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 my, my sister was in an abusive relationship in her previous marriage and we didn't, we had no idea about it. We had no idea because he took everything away and made sure she was far away, that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's one of the techniques. It's called isolation. Yeah. Yes. So how do how do you know people get into when I say people, women or men, or whatever, get into abusive relationships and stay there? Okay, so uh, I'll take on the the two parts of this question. How do we do it? Why don't we circle back around to that? Because I have a full recovery program, and maybe at the end we can tell people where they can seek help. It's a a one-year annual program. It's only $10 to attend because healing is my heart and my passion. So we'll circle back around to that at the end. Um, The name of the show is called Reclaiming Me because uh, the show, the name of the program is called Reclaiming Me because when you go through a narcissistic relationship, you you lose yourself. Because what a narcissist does, they slowly just chip away at your thoughts and your beliefs and your needs and your rights. 
until you're just taking up this little tiny space uh, with apology in life. And healing is about learning step by step how to reclaim the space that is rightfully ours. Like we all have the right to take up a certain amount of space without apology. But when you're in an abusive relationship, you they they attack your your psyche so much that you end up just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So how it happens, the answer is slowly, slowly and manipulatively. And like I was saying before we went live is being onboarded into a narcissistic relationship is no different than being onboarded into a cult, that there are three phases in the narcissistic relationship. And phase one is called the love bombing stage, the dream girl, dream boy stage, the the golden stage. There are several uh, names for it, but it's all the same technique. And that is the, the goal of the narcissist is to get that person to fall in love with them with the goal that they'll stay around and be able to extract fuel. And I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but how how does it happen? It always, it it happens through love bombing through, Oh my gosh, you know, you're the most wonderful person and they future fake and they have false empathy and, and they make that person it's called a target that they literally, you know, are looking for. (laughs) And I call it the wounded empath. They're looking for somebody who's who's traumatized just enough that they can pull their shenanigans and they'll fall for it. Now, a question for you. It seems though a lot of these uh, behaviorals are sort of on to women. I don't. I, I I hear a lot of women coming to me with these issues, but not that many men. Is it is the narcissist only men that do no. this to women, or is there? Like what is the what is the percentage of what is it how how does it do you see this in your field? So I don't I don't think that there's actual numbers on percentages. The thing about narcissism is narcissism is we're talking about a psychological mindset, let's say. And the the difficulty about narcissism is that it's what's called a spectrum disorder. And a spectrum disorder, it goes from here to here. It's when when you have narcissism, it's not like being pregnant where you are or you're not. We all have elements of narcissism that we need in order to to be healthy people, in order to keep the good in and the bad out. Hey, uh uh-uh, not today, not my life, not my tribe. No, right? This is this is um oh my gosh, you're thinking a hundred percent about yourself. Yeah, you know, I believe in healthy selfish. Uh but healthy selfish doesn't leave other people on the floor. Healthy selfish doesn't rob other people of their rights and their voice and their opinion and their basic needs psychologically. It doesn't deprive people from touch or contact. That's abuse, you know? So what happens is that we're talking about a spectrum here that here's healthy. As it goes on up the scale, what happens is that it then merges into something called narcissistic characteristics. And narcissistic characteristics are very difficult people. They're those people like you leave and you're like, oh my God, it felt like an arm wrestle the whole time. As it merges on up the scale, it then goes into NPD. And this is when it requires professional diagnosis and that's narcissistic personality disorder. And these are very problematic people. And as it continues to go on up the scale, it then merges into antisocial personality disorder, which is sociopath and psychopath, dangerous people that we just want to stay away from. Now, here's the interesting thing, and it's what I base my recovery program on. Is, is I got into it because um, we can circle back around, but I experienced, lived it. I didn't experience it. I lived it myself. Yes, I do want to go back there after. <laughs> yeah. 
at the opposite end of, of this condition over here as a spectrum disorder is a condition that they're recently giving a name to, and it's called self-love deficiency disorder. And one day in my recovery, I said, what if I got my eyes off of this, off the narcissist, and I instead started to focus on my trauma wounds? Because the center point, the meeting point, the reason that these two people align themselves is they're on the same energetic uh, level in that they both come from trauma. They're, and the way that the trauma manifested itself went into narcissism and the way that the trauma manifested itself went into self-love deficiency disorder. And that's why they they find themselves attracted right. to, to one another. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I always say in life, you attract who you are. So if you have that trauma already, you are going to search for that. But unfortunately, in this case, it's a different way, different kind of inner trauma. Yeah. I always say that it's the opposite side of the same coin. Right, right, right. Exactly. Oh, wow. That just gave me goosebumps because I just, I'm just thinking of all the, all the women in my life that had narcissistic relationship and hearing their stories and hearing what you're saying is exactly that. They've all had childhood traumas one way or another. And they got into this relationship with this other person that had different kind of traumas and that developed into this kind of relationship. That's insane. Yeah. And that's not talked about actually as much as it, as it needs to be talked about because, you know, you just, maybe because by the time people seek help, their life is so on fire that, you know, you're just trying to, to put out the fire and to stabilize this person who's been traumatized. But I know along my journey, you know, there came that point in time is like, okay, why, why was the narcissist attracted to me? Why was I attracted to the narcissist? And then a the big question, why when all the warning signs said, no, don't go back. I like ran back as fast as I can. I mean, what's going on behind all that? And when you can catch that cycle, you can start to, to heal. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I hear that word thrown around a lot, narcissist. So, so yeah. you know, sometimes people get into arguments with their with their spouse or their friends, whatever. And then, you know, oh, you're such a narcissist. You're this. So how do you know if they're if you're actually with somebody who's a narcissist? How do you? That's a really good question. Okay, so going back to what we said that we're dealing with the um, something that we all need, right? We need this narcissism. The way that I describe it is. In all relationships, none of us are saints. And we will have um, an off day or what I, I call in our relationship, you know, in our relationship, we have our jerk cards. Okay. And you get like three jerk cards a year. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> well, okay. Maybe once a quarter. Okay. Because <laughs> if it starts to become a pattern, that's unhealthy. That's going to create wounds and, and upsetness. Right. So. And and what a jerk card is, it's just when you are just off and you're a jerk and you understand that you're a jerk, right? First and foremost, like you, you say or you do something and your partner goes like, you, you can just see like, wow, that one, that one had thorns, you know, <laughs> and, and you just, you just go back and you're like, okay, my bad. And, and I'm off. Okay. That is somebody who behaved narcissistically very selfishly, very immaturely, very self-focused, and they hurt the other person around you. The big difference is that the person who did the perpetrating is aware, and they have remorse because they did it, and they immediately own their action, and they're like, okay, my bad, I'm a jerk today, just can, can, can we move past that, you know, 
I'll, I'll give you something funny is that my, my husband, we're going into this really busy, busy, busy week with a, a part of my company. And yesterday he comes up to me and he says, you know, I just, I just want you to know that, you know, we're going to a really busy week and I'm probably going to be stressed. And I just, I just want to like apologize up front for, <laughs> for whatever comes down the pike, you know? And so that that's different when you're in a narcissistic relationship um, when it gets dangerous is that when this person's personality is chronically doing it and it's making you hurt more than you have happiness within a relationship. It's when you're not clear where you really stand within a relationship that it's the, it's when you wake up and you're like, Oh, who am I waking up to today? Or, Oh, who's coming through the door today or somebody who the rules are, are, are always changing. They have a very inconsistent uh, personality about them and and that's part of the the narcissist because the narcissist is in in quest for fuel. It's called sort fuel sourcing, and what happens is that their goal is to keep you off balanced, to keep you unstabilized, to keep you in the fog. So they love you one day they don't, and it yes, is. yeah. There's actually um, a, a term that's in the book, and it's called the adore to abhor. And it happens in phase two of the narcissistic cycle. Yeah, no, I remember I, my girlfriend talking to me about this and she would say something similar to what you were saying. She was like, I'm like, why did we stay with him for 10 years and you have two beautiful children? Did you not know from the beginning? She goes, I did it, but I didn't know because of the way he made me feel most of the time. I was put on a pedestal. I was his everything. But when he would go into these dark places, I didn't understand who the hell this person was. But because most of the time he was good, the time that he wasn't, I thought it was normal. Until one day she woke up with like bruising all over her body. He beat the hell out of her. She says, you know what? This is it. I'm done. No man should beat a woman up if they love her. And that's when she kicked, clicked in her mind and said, I'm done with this relationship. And she took off. And she's been seeking a lot of help. But that's exactly what she would say is that he's great most of the time. But there are some times that he's horrible to her. So. Yeah, and and you know, I, I I believe that one of the rules in relationships is is that we can we can make our partner mad, but we we should not be harming our partner. That you know, like in a relationship, we might bump into each other emotionally, or maybe like get a scratch from each other emotionally, but there should never be wounds. And if in a relationship we start having heart wounds or soul wounds, that's that's no bueno. Now, does all narcissistic relationships turn abusive, or is it just like no? Um, but all abusers are narcissists. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience? Because I know you built your career through what your experience you, you've gone through with your first relationship. Yeah. So what happened is, you know, people ask me that a lot that they say, um, you know, how did you end up in a narcissistic relationship? And I'm like, well, it wasn't just one, you know, I have my PhD in psychology, but I have my like quadruple PhD in, in toxicity. <laughs> like I mastered the art of, I, I laugh at people because I say, you know, if, if I could give a word, a word picture of myself is I have this amazing awful gift of being able to tolerate the intolerable that if i drew a, a word picture it's like if you could see my my hand on an electric stove right that's on and my hand is sizzling and because of what i would tolerate people would be like oh 
oh my God, does that hurt? And I would say, yeah. And they'd say, do you, do you want to remove your hand? And due to my trauma, my response would be, can I? Because I was raised in a family unit where narcissism was one of the, the characteristics, let's say, within the familial unit. And so to me, it was normal. I thought that all people behaved this way. So when I went out into my my adult life, I would be doing narcissism and not even really realizing that 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 and it didn't have a name then. I mean, let's let's be honest that it's only in the last what seven years that it really starts to have a name. That's why my book is so important because it gives name to so many of the things that happen. Um, and so what happened? It was just normalized for me. And it took my life to reach extreme levels of pain before, uh, before it's like, wait a minute, I just, I, I, I understand that this is normal, but I just can't do normal anymore. And so that's, that's kind of how I ended up. And that's how most, there's two personalities that keep a narcissist, narcissistic relationship moving. A narcissist plus a narcissist, Right. Um, and they're kind of just feeding off of each other, etc. And a narcissist and a self-deprecate. And and the, this is the one that probably holds up the the longest. And it's both really traumatized people who who are getting uh, wounded. And, no, he, the narcissist is getting wounded. The, the the victim is getting wounded again and again. And so, so your first relationship, how long did that last? For how long did you before you realize? Okay, no, I need to get out. That was that was five years, and this was somebody who was like a very loud, violent um, narcissist, and um, and then I, I repeated it. But here's the thing about narcissism: one of the reasons why it's so important to be educated on this is we thought that there was a pandemic with COVID. <laughs> we haven't seen anything yet. That that narcissism is it, a pandemic that this is a personality that has become um, a, a norm in our society. And we are breeding a future of narcissism with social media. So what happens is that with this personality, it's not going away. It's only going to get more intense. And it can be found in a parent, in a sibling, in a friend, in a child, in a mate, in a boss, in somebody that you're you might have to do, you know, socialization with your kids. I mean, they're all around us. And so we really need to be able to recognize it and understand how to hold on to yourself when you're with this type of personality, because you can't change the personality. You can only equip yourself with the knowledge on on um, being able to protect yourself. And like I, I always say, just hold on to yourself when when the narcissist um, flares up. And I I was meeting with somebody the other day and this is a person that that um, is has somebody very close to them within the narcissistic relationship. And the advice that you know I, I gave her, and I said, "Well, listen, if you're going to choose to stay, you know, there's no stay. There's there's no judgment in that because you know it's all of our own journeys. And if you stay because of there, you don't have the economic means to leave, or you still really love this person, or you're co-parenting, or whatever the reasons, it's none of anybody's business why you choose to stay. The main thing is if you choose to stay, you got to put on your fire suit. You got to put on your fire suit. And you 
always have to live on guard. You always have to be, you know, the the thing about love is love lives here, right? It's here. The thing about narcissism is you have to live here. It's a chess game. You're constantly in a chess game and it's just mentally exhausting. You gotta live in your head, not your not your heart. Yeah. But that's that's gonna be like I said, exhausting. And I don't think any human being can live throughout their life that way unless, like you said, they have so much trauma that they can't get out of. It is so important, like you, you mentioned a really good point, that narcissism is not only in partners, it's in your friend, it's your boss. And I see a lot of that and I notice that a lot, especially recent years. I too didn't know what that word meant. So I actually met him and I knew his sister and what she was going through, and I was like, this is exactly that. But now that you mentioned it, it's in everybody else. I noticed that in a lot of people. I might have asked him in, in one way earlier. So we've been together 26 years. We're always fighting about stupid little things, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people, like I said, that word narcissist get thrown around all the time. It's like they were saying, you know, the, the word stupid or something. It's, it's just being always thrown around. Not by us, so, but other people. No, no. But, so I'm just wondering, how do we know if we are narcissists? Or if we're dealing with a narcissist. Or if we're healthy, selfish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we're narcissists or if we're not. Listen, I think the main thing is is that if you guys are not causing wounds to each other, like I said, you know, it, it is impossible to, if you think about the, the dynamics of a marriage, that someday, one day in the past, somebody came up with this idea that said, hey, I have a great idea. Let's take two people from completely opposite backgrounds and have them meet in a point of life when they're not really mature or healed, have them get married, have sex, move into a house where they have no money, so they're going to struggle. They don't really have a lot of skills because they're young, and then expect it to last forever. You know, (laughs) the concept is crazy if you think about it, right? thinking about it is like, no. (laughs) No, thanks. You know, I'll I'll pass on that. That's a hard no on that one. Um, So... So this is just, you know, different people being with each other. And I and it's normal, uh, no matter how much you love someone, you know, I, I was working with a lady the other day and we weren't dealing with narcissism, but we were dealing with, she was asking me something about her kids. And she's like, you know what? Uh, and we're talking about the right to change your mind on things, you know, and that things work until they don't. And we have the right to change our mind and reinvent ourselves and whatnot. She says, tongue in cheek, she's like, can I change my mind on my kids? You know, <laughs> she's like, I think I changed my mind on my kids. And we laugh, ha ha ha, because of course it's not serious. But even no matter how much we love somebody, we don't like other people all the time because we are our own person. The main thing is if, if you're, if you see the, okay, the let's talk about forgiveness, right? Within this, when you're in a narcissistic relationship, there's there's all relationships will have battles. In a narcissistic relationship, somebody ends up on the floor. The victim ends up on the floor. In a healthy relationship, that collision happens, and a healthy person goes, "Oh my God, I hurt the person I love. Oh my God, who do I think I am to do that?" There's just self-awareness. Yes. And then it's like, come here, I, I, I'm wrong. And there's an ownership and there's a reboot and there's a new plan so that the same wound doesn't happen over and over and over. There's a clarity like, wow, you were a jerk today. Yeah, I was a jerk today. And I apologize and that's not going to happen again. So there are these safety nets when the collision happens 
that it's not going to happen again and again and again and again. If the same um, things are coming up again and again and somebody's standing and somebody's on the floor, that's a dangerous relationship. I love that. I love that clarity because it's, it's true. Like, you can what we have, it'll never be that because like, if we argue with each other, which we do a lot of times, my kids will be like, you guys argue about stupid shit. Like, seriously, mom, dad, like, you guys love each other way too much to be saying these things. And it's true. And we apologize right away for, the, you know, the dumbness. Or like you said earlier, if I have a week that I know I'm going to be going crazy, I'll go up to them and say, baby, I am very sorry, but I'm going to be a bitch to you all week just to expect it. Don't think I'm not. I will be because I have this, this, this. And yeah, don't take it personal. So I tell him that and I apologize ahead of time just so I can be me and I want him not to hate me for it. So I don't think those are narcissistic signs of the, the bad part. I think there's more of a healthy selfish. You know, I'm going to be going through this stuff. I have my boundaries and I want to protect them and I need your help. Yeah. What was necessary saying awesome saying just somebody in a situation like that, but I was just using that as an example, of course. I mean, we get called narcissistic every time we're on TikTok live because we have a, a tiny mirror over our stove. So while I'm cooking, my husband sits on the island, he's working, I'm cooking, and we're talking through the mirror. And you can look at him. Yeah. Everyone that comes on our live, which we have thousands of people on our live, they come in there. First thing they say, you're so narcissistic, or you're so into yourself. Or I'm like, and even you when judge we me there. by a mirror that's on my stove, like right away. And we put it there. We put it there as decorative. It's well, beautiful. And it's all metal and this stuff, so it's long, durable. And, you know, it just so happened that when she's cooking, I'm on the island doing computer work, and you just talk to her. She yeah, there's no, but there's no trauma that's coming from that. No. And We're going to probably lose each other just to let you know, saying less than one minute. Um, but there's no trauma that comes from that. And that's, you know, everybody's still standing. So, Dr. Tracy, let, let me bring this back to home. Like, I do, like I said, I was talking about the mirror above, above my uh, stove. And when I go on my live and my TikTok, people say, think I'm a narcissist. Am I considered a narcissist? That's a really good question. You know, every person who ends up, who is, has narcissism and when they start to examine their own life, which we're supposed to do in a recovery, right? They And I did it myself. I'm like, oh my God, am I the narcissist? Well, here's the really good thing is that if you even can formulate that question, Oh my gosh, am I a narcissist? It means you're not a narcissist. Because <laughs> a narcissist, A, will not ask themselves that question. And B, they don't care. They don't care what label it has. They don't care what it is. They're they're not even interested in that. They're interested in getting fuel from people. So the good news is, can you act? Can you have narcissistic behaviors? Sometimes, yes, all of us can. Uh, it sometimes it's out of out of survival, but if you have that insight that says, you know, am I a narcissist? You're not a narcissist. Okay. Was there is there different kinds of narcissists? Because you got you've got you said there's people some that are violent and some that are just kind of yeah themselves or whatever. But you know, if you turn the clock back seven ten years, let's say that you know the word narcissism and the condition of narcissistic abuse trauma. Etc. It's new into the recovery world, right? That's why we're hearing about it so much. Is it's there's all sorts of new diagnoses that are taking place, and so in historically, when we think of the narcissist, we think of somebody who's very vain, very self-serving, very in love with themselves. Well, this is called a grandiose narcissist that they're they're very much into their physical. Uh, appearance. And, you know, for those of us who care about our physical appearance, it doesn't mean we're narcissists, right? It just means that we care about the body that we're in. So 
that's called a grandiose narcissist. But what's unfolded over the few years in in understanding this condition more is that there are several types of narcissists. So there's the grandiose narcissist, there's the malignant narcissist, there is the cerebral narcissist, and an example of a cerebral narcissist. Have you ever met somebody who's very much an academic, an academia, and they just think that they have the only opinion in the room and they're not open to any other opinions because theirs is the best? That's called a cerebral narcissist. And there's also one that's called uh, the covert narcissist. And they say about the covert narcissist that the covert narcissist is literally the the wolf in sheep's clothing. They're the most difficult narcissist to recognize um, because, like, for example, another form of narcissism is the altruistic narcissist. And the altruistic narcissist is somebody that you see in a cult leader, right? But what happens with the cult leaders is like there's that side that you go, they're pretty self-serving. You know, you can start to see the very strange behaviors in them. So you're able to go, ooh, not a safe person. Well, with covert narcissists and the the majority of, of cases with women, we're going back earlier about men and women and narcissism. Uh, a lot of the the female narcissists come in a covert narcissist package, and what it is, it's it's a wolf in sheep clothing. It's somebody who's the perpetual victim. Um, you know, they they want people to feel sorry for them. Uh, there's all all roads lead back to they're the victim, and the world is against them. So we we all need to stop and help them, or they control the moods and the environments. Uh, by, you know, hey, it's it's the holidays, let's get together. And they come in and there's always like a tragedy or a drama or this chaos that just has to take over everything. Right. And and covert narcissists are are very dangerous, in my opinion, because they're very passive aggressive. And and passive aggressive people are, man, they can just send you for an emotional loop. Yeah, we know, we know, we know a couple of people like that. Well, is there a difference between being cocky and being a narcissist? You said I, well, stuff like that to think they're the best. I mean, I, I, again, you know what? I remember that you know we all have elements of narcissistic characteristics in us, right? We just have oh, yeah, these yes. base level reactions. If the person's actions are leaving you void of your rights, of your voice of your needs, of your opinion, if you're feeling crazy when you're with this other person. And I don't mean crazy like, um, oh, my God, they're bugging the crap out of me and they're making me like this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like being gaslit, you know, that that they're, they're, they're blame shifting on you, that whenever there is a breakdown in the relationship, there's never resolution. There's never that point where there's the the reset because the only reset that they have is a technique that that's called uh, changing the goalposts and changing the start line. And that's when, you know, something falls apart in the relationship. And, um, and so you, you get together as a couple and you're like, okay, like, okay, let's regroup on this. And you have a new start line as a couple. And, but what they'll do is that they're constantly changing it every time they make the same mistake towards you or, or they perpetrate the same action against you is what I, is a better way to say it. And so it's like, okay, well, let's just start over. Okay, well, let's just start over. Okay, well, well, come on, you know, it's not resolving what's happening in the destruction of the relationship or they'll flip it or on the other side and they'll change the finish line 
which is when somebody you're just no matter what you do, it never is enough for that person. They're just, okay, well, that's fine. But, and they just leave you in this less than feeling because being with a narcissist is, is a a really good description is, is a glass of water with holes on the bottom that just constantly need to be filled up and filled up and filled up and filled up. And that feeling that F I L L I N G is, is what's known as narcissistic fuel. Narcissists are like cell phone batteries is that if they're not constantly getting charged by somebody either through praise and accolades or what people don't understand is because there's three cycles, three phases in the narcissistic cycle that there's the, the dream boy, dream girl stage that we talked about. Then it goes into the degradation stage. And during that degradation stage, the fuel that they extract from their target switches from the love and adoration and the praise and the pedestaling and all that, that stuff that happens in the beginning to, they get high off of your tears. They get high off of your insanity. They get high off of you being on the floor. It's just like a drug. They just like, Oh man, that, Ooh, look how powerful I am. I can break that person. Yeah. And that's when physical stuff happens, emotional stuff happens. I get it. Now is it possible for them to change or to Well, you know, that's that's a question that I think every person who ends up with a narcissist has. And the answer to that is if you are somebody that struggles from narcissism, the first thing like any uh, problem that we have that's destroying other people's lives is like, let's use alcoholism. How does an alcoholic get well? The alcoholic has to say, I need to change. I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting people with my life and I need to change and I need to take myself into recovery and I need to, I, 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 right? Where a narcissist, because they have this false facade that they've created, that they are perfection, even though in deep, deep, deep inside, they don't believe that, they will never have that I moment. It's 100% of a selfish gain. And if a narcissist is to change, they, they, need, a, uh, they need recovery. And uh, it, it's, a, it's really a, an uphill battle. Yeah. Well, what happened to these, I'm going to use my friends as example, my, my women friends that are in these kind of relationships. What happens when they leave these narcissists? So there's a, there's a, the third phase of the narcissistic cycle is called the discard phase. Uh, if a narcissist leaves you, it, it's very devastating, but it's actually the best way out of a relationship because it, it's the discard is literally when they put people out like trash, like they've extracted everything. They're now bored. Your, your praise doesn't fuel them. Your crying doesn't fuel them. If you leave a narcissist instead of them leaving you, you can do something that's called creating a narcissistic injury. And in a narcissistic injury, what it is, is the narcissist feels that they've been discovered. And because the rule of thumb is nobody, as God is my witness, nobody will ever make me look bad because they have such a wounded sense of self. They They will do everything to literally annihilate you. They will go from character assassination to cutting you off financially to uh, a term that uh, one of my best friends who's an attorney uses. I love it. It's called bullygation. And this is when they use the courts to to torture you. They do abuse by proxy is really what they go into. And uh, and, and it's, it's an absolute long, awful distancing from the narcissist that you really have to 
have a lot of support and you have to have your feet on the ground to be able to breathe. It's like the worst labor in the world that you just have to breathe yourself through it and protect yourself to the best of your ability to save your life. Wow. 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 This is amazing. I, I am so grateful that you came on to the show today. Honestly, I've learned so much. And this is the reason why I wanted to hear because I wanted to be able to answer some of these questions that I'm getting on a daily. And you have opened my eyes on a whole new different world out there. Uh, now, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Because I think all, everyone needs to talk to you. Thank you for asking that. So uh, there, there's two things. First off, let's talk about the book. My book is called Narctionary, and it is a dictionary for narcissists, narcissism. And it covers words that, that uh, include narcissism, narcissistic abuse, trauma, and most important, narcissistic recovery. And it has over 350 terms and words related. And before we close the show, I'll share my favorite word in the book that, you know, from the the DSM clinical words to historical words to words that I gave a name to myself just to give this ghost a name. And it's a great reference guide, especially for somebody who is new into the world of narcissism and needs to put name to the craziness of narcissistic abuse. Because when something has a name, we can grab a hold of it and do something with it. But when it doesn't, it's like we're fighting, we're fighting ghosts. I run a recovery program. I've done it actually for 30 years and we have not missed a single week in 30 years. And it's called the Reclaiming Me program. And anybody who joins your, um, and if you mentioned this show that you can be our guest for the first time. And um, after that, the classes are only $10 each. And the reason, yeah, because you know what, I'm really passionate about helping people heal. It's not about, uh, you know, monetizing. Okay. There, it's one thing to monetize business strategy. It's another thing to monetize somebody's recovery. Mm-hmm. And we do this just to be able to underwrite our facilitators and our training and to make sure that there's a professional program. And it takes place twice a week, Wednesday nights and 30, uh, 30 nights, Thursday nights in Zoom classrooms. Amazing. And it can be found yeah, on our website at drtracy.tv and it's the Reclaiming Me program. Amazing, amazing. And the fact that it's so inexpensive, you can tell you're doing this from the bottom of your heart. You can tell that you've done, you're doing this because you've gone through so much in your life and yeah. you want to help others uh, get to where you are now. Well, I'm so happy. So where, where else can they find you? What you so at, or on Instagram at, at Dr. Tracy Kemble. That's my okay. personal one. You can follow the classes at, at Reclaiming Me with Dr. Tracy. Amazing. And we're going to have all this in our show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again uh, for your time for today. Sorry for all the, the, the technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, that That's life. You know, life happens. So how about if I close the show by sharing my favorite word in the narctionary? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Okay. My favorite word in the entire Narctionary book, 350 words and terms, is, drumroll please, poop in your soup. All right. And I had to learn this word, and it came into my, my, my journey of healing when, as I said earlier in the program, that I have this uh, awful gift of being able to tolerate the intolerable. And I was, along my journey, again, reaching painful points of not living in the crazy painful narcissism that I was living in but I was I was tolerating low grades of narcissism that were starting to grate on me and disrupt my life and I remember one day saying to the person that I worked with on my recovery 
well, you know, it's not that they're having full out abusive episodes. They're just having, um, you know, adult temper, mini adult temper tantrums. And, you know, it's not that they're not being direct, like gaslighting. They're just avoiding. And so I was making all these excuses. And this amazing person said to me, you know what, Tracy? tolerating a little bit of narcissistic abuse is like having poop in your soup. And no matter how small of a drop poop in your soup is never okay. And so I share that with your audience that no matter what life is supposed to be joyful, the people that we love, we're supposed to have healthy elements of passion, but not insanity and uh, a little bit of narcissism if it's wounding you, is never okay. Wow, that is such a beautiful term and analogy. I love it. I'm actually going to call this episode. Do you have poop in your soup? That's legit what I'm going to call it now. You just gave me great, great caption for the episode. Well, like I said before, thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate your knowledge. You're being here with us. I know, I'm very confident and I'm very sure that you're going to help a lot of people out there today with this with this episode. So thank love you. Love it. Thanks, guys. And thanks for keep trying to get this interview. I think it's going to touch a lot of people because we had so many technical errors in it. So it's going to be a great show. And we look forward to embracing all the people that come in from your show. We'll take good care of them. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you're tuning in from. It means the world to us to have your support on our show in this little mini way. (laughs) You can also stalk us on Instagram at Head Over Heels Show for more juicy stuff. If you have any questions, send them via email at us at hohshow.com or DM us on socials. Thank you for having us between your ears. And as always, we we wish wish you what what we we have. have.